Today is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. On the program today, there is conflicting news in the U.S. job market that might influence the Fed's decision on whether they're going to raise rates or not. We're going to look at that story. Also, Canadians are at a financial stress level we've never seen before. Plus, is it a scandal or just bad business practices? The regulators are looking at some shenanigans in the insurance industry. And finally, Canada's housing shortage is being hurt further by the sharp increase in short-term rentals. Let's get started with today's stories. There is conflicting information coming out of the U.S. when we look at the national job market. This morning, ADP reported that private payrolls rose 89,000 in September, and that came in far below the 160,000 that had been estimated by economists that were surveyed uh, by Dow Jones. The impact here is that this might give the Federal Reserve some incentive to stop raising interest rates, and that's something that obviously affects us all. Uh, the report also noted that the average wage growth slowed to 5.9%, uh, now the 12th consecutive monthly decline. The largest segment of job gains came from the leisure and hospitality sector, which added 92,000 jobs in the month. Um, the sector that saw the most job losses was the professional and business sector, losing 32,000 uh, positions in the month. Nella Richardson, she is the chief economist at ADP, and she said, we are seeing a steepening decline in jobs this month. Additionally, we are seeing a steady decline in wages in the past 12 months. Now that report conflicts with the latest numbers that are out by the U.S. Labor Department. And according to it, U.S. job openings came in at 9.6 million jobs in the month of August. And that's an increase from 8.9 million in July. The consensus among uh, economists was that only another uh, 8.9 million vacancies would in fact be posted. This then is in direct contrast with the ADP report and it's a sign that the US labor market actually remains strong. And in fact, it might be too strong for the Federal Reserve's liking. It may actually prompt the Federal Reserve to further increase um, rates. Fed Chair Jerome Powell, he's already said that he would like to see um, hiring moderate before he uh, makes a, you know, takes a pause or starts to lower rates. Financial stress is on the rise with our fellow Canadians. And according to the annual survey of working Canadians uh, from the National Payroll Institute, 37% of Canadians today consider themselves to be financially stressed. And that is up 20% from last year. This stress level is now at the highest level in the 15 years that the survey has been conducted. 63% of the people who are deemed to be financially stressed live paycheck to paycheck and 50% of those feel actually overwhelmed by debt. There's also an increase, sadly, in Canadians who are resorting to using debt to finance essential needs such as food and accommodation. The major contributing factors to these problems are obviously the current high interest rates, the rate of inflation we're seeing today. Um, Equifax recently reported that consumer debt here in Canada reached $2.4 trillion, and credit card debt alone is at an all-time high of $107.4 billion. Ontario is dealing with what I would call a bit of a scandal. Uh, the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario, so FSRA, uh, they've launched dozens of enforcement actions against agents who have been identified uh, as operating with troubled uh, sales practices. In two separate compliance reports that were released yesterday, the FSRA took actions against 65 life insurance agents at three managing general agencies. So these are known as MGAs. The review found that agents broke about 184 rules under the Insurance Act. Uh, infractions included unsuitable sales practices, gaps in advisor training, 
advisors failing to complete uh, continuing edu education requirements, um, advisors not following best practices, and finally here, advisors not disclosing uh, conflicts of interest to their clients. These two reports were completed between May 2022 and April of 2023. They looked at agents from World Financial Group Insurance Agency of Canada, uh, Great Way Financial Inc., and Experior Financial Inc. In aggregate, these three MGAs represent about 20% of the overall agent uh, contingent in Ontario. Uh, World Financial Group itself has almost 11,000 agents and 80% of those agents are operating on a part-time basis with 86% of them saying that they have a second occupation in addition to being a life insurance agent. A major problem that's identified in this report is agencies that have tiered recruitment business models. So these are also referred to as multi-level marketing. They're referred to as network marketing. And in these cases, in addition to their duties as life insurance um, agents, the advisors are asked to recruit new advisors. Uh, and in many cases, the reports are that they're actually recruiting people from their own client base. Over the past couple of years, this multi-tiered recruitment business model um, has become a major focus um, of the regulators. And last year, the FSRA issued a compliance order against Great Way Financial, ordering them to revise its training programs and finding unfair deceptive acts by agents when selling insurance products to their clients. Another major problem that was discovered in the Canadian insurance business is that many um, inexperienced life agents are actually selling mostly universal life products. So this is a product that is considered to be unsuitable for a lot of consumers. Um, it's more expensive than some of the alternatives. And it's also so, uh, sold uh, with the focus on being, it being a savings vehicle in combination um, with the life insurance coverage. The FSRA found here that in 2020, 56% of insurance policies that were sold by these three companies in question here uh, were in fact universal life policies. Approximately 92% of Great Way's gross income, which is around $42.8 million a year, uh, came from the sale of these permanent life insurance policies. The report notes that in all of these instances, the clients were single people. They were in their 20s or 30s with no dependents and only uh, a modest income. And this is a segment of the population that generally doesn't need uh, a more complex insurance solution like whole or universal life. And to make matters worse, in almost 30% of these cases, the client was also carrying high interest personal debt, which wasn't factored into the product recommendation. Pretty much everywhere you look these days, you're gonna hear stories of people who are struggling to find proper housing. And I know in the community I live in here, I'm always seeing posts online uh, from families that are almost begging to find a place for, for themselves uh, to live. There's a couple of things that are happening that make the situation worse than it should be. For example, there is a trend in Ontario for landlords to change their long-term rental units into short-term leases. A lot of them are citing the problems that they're having with the Ontario Landlord uh, Tenant Board as the reason for this. Now, apparently, it takes landlords today eight months just to book an appointment with the tribunal. And if tenants are giving them problems with things such as not paying their rent, causing damage to the property, there's that long waiting period before they can even get a complaint started. In these cases, a large number of these landlords are uh, you know, stuck paying mortgages on the properties. They don't have the cash flow coming in from the tenants who would be uh, you know, paying their rent if they were living up uh, to their end of the bargain. Now, largely because of this challenge, a lot of landlords know that if they have a short-term rental, such as an Airbnb, as the most ex uh, vivid example, they're removed from the oversight then of the landlord tenant board. The rights then shift back to their favor. Uh, they have more control over their properties. And you know, probably the biggest thing is that they can actually make more money. It's more profitable to do the short-term than it is to, um, to do long-term rentals. 
with the challenging economic conditions that we're facing today, more and more of these tenants are, are failing to pay their rent. This just further exacerbates the problem and it puts landlords uh, in a bigger bind. The irony here is that people who actually have the buildings, who are actually able to provide housing, they're not being incentivized to operate as longer term rentals. And in fact, they're really being pushed um, in, the, uh, in the other direction. Now, as another example, uh, according to a recent report put out by McGill University, the number of short-term rentals in British Columbia grew almost 20% year over year. And this, of course, takes uh, available housing away from, from the longer-term residents uh, of BC. And that same McGill University report shines light on the problems uh, created by companies such as Airbnb, VRBO, etc. The report shows that there are tens or even hundreds of thousands um, of residential units that, that once had been built under the auspice, I guess you would, of being residential units. And once they've been built and once they've been approved as those residential units, they're being uh, converted into what are essentially a commercial space to be operated, to uh, be rented out uh, to tourists. Uh, around 17,000 housing units were lost to short-term rental platforms in British Columbia this summer alone. The report also highlights the fact that there are a very small number of individuals or businesses that are actually even running these properties. Um, only 20% of hosts, according to this report, are responsible for 48.8%, so almost 50% of the total revenue that's generated under these platforms. The top 1% of hosts, which are uh, 1,930 operators, accounted for 20.7% of the overall revenues. The report states the case of a Winnipeg Airbnb profile named New Host, and this entity operates 87 entire homes in the city of Winnipeg alone. There are also sightings of a more commercial operators who are just systematically buying up or even leasing houses and converting them into dedicated short-term rental use. There have been some jurisdictions that have uh, taken steps to put limits on short-term rentals, but the reality is that enforcement remains practically impossible.